Welcome back to the TNT BNB podcast. On these episodes, we'll be bringing in a guest host to discuss certain categories of movies. Categories such as movies around the world, franchisees, and genre. Certain directors, actors, actresses, and so much more. So sit back, mix a drink, and enjoy. Listener beware, we will be spoiling the shit out of this. Here we go again. We are back, and we are off franchise for this episode, and we're doing a different type of category than we have done previously. We are going to be picking our favorite Hammer Films production, which there are a lot to choose from. Yes. So this should be interesting, but before we get into that... All right, well... We got the huge McMaster's Diet Pepsi. That's how we're rolling. <laughs> One of these days. Well, yeah, you change it every so often. So, okay. So, I am doing something totally old school. Singapore Sling. What is that? I'm not familiar with that. Oh, so you're... Th- okay, so I got this, like, mix, Okay. And it's a bottle. It's like a really pretty bottle and stuff. And inside the bottle is like the pure cane sugar and the dry chair. It's like it's like the mix. And you, so you let the gin ferment in it with the fruit and stuff because it has dry fruit and stuff. So it's like really good. So it's kind of like an old school recipe that they used to do back in the day. Well, they used to kind of like it, not. it's not a slow gin fizz, but it's kind of like one of those things which you think, oh, my God, that's. You know, it used to have, like, way back in the day, everyone, I want to say it's popular in the 1930s, maybe. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think that's when it was probably the most popular, definitely. Um. Let me just go ahead and pull it up here since a lot of people aren't really familiar with it. Uh, it's kind of like a Tom Collins or whatever. Let's get the yeah. recipe. So here we go. We got gin. Cherry liqueur, maraschino cherry, whatever you want to do. Cointreau, yeah. Benedictine, grenadine, pineapple juice, lime juice, and bitters. Hmm. Shaken, poured over ice. And you said you bought it as a mix, so all you did was add the gin? <laughs> yep. All I had to do was add the gin. It had the bottle and everything. Nice. Yeah, so, well, you know, we're talking like old school here. You know, it was made yeah, in yeah. Singapore. Yeah. Kind of that refreshing thing going on. Yeah. Um, Got the same. It, it was developed in, uh, okay, so developed in 1915. Um, they started doing more slings back in the 1790s and then came into popularity in the 1930s. Okay. What kind of gin did you use? Costco? I actually yes i did i didn't want to i didn't want i wanted a basic dry gin i mm. did not want like i didn't want like knickerbocker or any of that because mm. sometimes that knickerbocker and i think my iron ironfish distillery one has a little more kick to it you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so it's just got, they got its own distinct flavor with like their barrels and stuff so this is a basic dry gin i mean you could probably use bombay Right. Tangeray, Hendrix, or one of those, but I didn't want to have like any craft gins yeah. being used. So, awesome! Yeah. Just doing Found something different. I'm like, I'm starting to drink. I'm like, oh, this is an easy one with a mix. I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah, 
Like, why not? Is this something mm-hmm. you have had before? Because I'd never heard of I've it. Had, I've had Singapore slings before because, oh, I'm a bartender, so I've made them right. before. Uh, I've had them. I think they're a little sweet, but at the same time, I think the gin kind of cuts some of the sweetness. I mean, it doesn't have to be that sweet. You don't really... If you're using cherry liqueur, you can just use cherry garnish. You just, But it kind of, like, shakes up. Almost, like... Reminds me of like the old school slow gin fizzes where they actually use the actual egg white in the fizz. Ugh. Gotcha. Yeah. Ugh. It's actually good. Slow gin fizz is good. Well, not with egg. Or gin fizz, yeah. 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 You don't know about that. Okay. But yeah. I'll be, I'll, I'll be having one next Friday. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so all right, Hammer Films it is. Hammer Films it is. So, are you? Here's my quick question: Are we gonna do um, a breakdown of how many there are? How many films? We can. Um, there's many different ways we can do this, because like my movie itself, like like I was talking to um, Tom about this. Mm-hmm. Um, these films are not lengthy to talk about. Like, mine is probably going to take me 10 minutes, maybe to talk about a few of the trivia things and stuff like that. Yep. But they're they're not long movies. All of them no, are about not- an hour and 20 minutes, give or take. Yeah. Um, our problem was is trying to find which ones were streaming and which ones were not. Okay. Um, we found some on YouTube, um, so, some on HBO Max, some on Plex. There's another one. Um, there's another video old old movie channel on um, Roku. Okay, yeah, it has a lot of them there too. Was a yeah, few of, there was a couple on Roku that I saw. So, mm-hmm. but a lot of them were unavailable, which is surprising to me because I thought somebody would have just brought bought up the whole filmography, some streaming yeah. service to have. Well, that you know, in that being said, you. It is a shock that, you know, Netflix didn't purchase the rights or HBO has rights to some of them or whatever. Now, I think part of that is because if you look at some of the Hammer films, they were like their own company for the longest time. And then they started to be produced by Hammer and Columbia. That's when they different, um, uh, I guess, different, you know, movie theaters, not movie theater, but movie studios began to be associated with them because if you look at all the different ones they you've had um universal even um american international pictures yeah well which is a defunct they've all they've all partnered with them so i think that's where it gets a little muddied is Mm -hmm. there's not the actual once they are not themselves anymore they're partnered with a different studio that's how i think they haven't went totally into um Streaming well, services, yeah. It could the, be. But you would think that they could at least buy the Hammer Films Productions catalog. Okay. And then so, not deal with the secondary bullshit. Okay, so I'm just going to read you a quick little thing here. Um, in May 2007, the company name was sold to a consortium headed by the Dutch media tycoon John de Mol. Winston Douts plans to spend some $50 million on new horror films. So he produced whatever. The new organization acquired the Hammer Group's film library of 295 pictures. Good Lord. Simon Oaks, who took over as CEO of the new Hammer, because there is a new Hammer 
Yeah, because he yeah. left in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, since he left in the 70s. But now there's a new Hammer division, which started putting stuff out in the late 2000s. Well, well let the 2000s. right one in, the 2010. Let me, let me in. Yeah, the 2010. And Women in Black and stuff. Yeah. Um, Hammer is a great British brand. We intend to take it back to production, develop its global potential. The brand's still alive, but no one has invested in it for a long time. So I definitely see where someone's going to be able to get with them and it's going to be able to do the streaming here which was really like you said it was kind of hard to find some streaming um i was able to do like the youtube yourself and whatever yeah. but some of and some of them seeing them streaming uh tcm had some also not not hbo max the actual watch tcm right. yeah because we went to the tcm hub on hbo max and they didn't really have much. A lot, but it did have, and that's where it's kind of like it's two hundred ninety-five pictures. Yeah. I mean, people yeah. don't really. Yeah, I mean, there's like one hundred and fifty-eight like really prominent ones, and then there's like the two hundred, you know, two hundred ninety-five yeah. total, and there's actually some TV also also on them. You know, mm -hmm. um, the most recent one that they just did, just to touch on this, the Lodge. I watched. You watched. Yeah. I think you bought it on Voodoo. Yeah, we have it on, yeah, Voodoo, we have it on yeah. Voodoo. Yeah, and yeah. I, I didn't when we watched it. I had no idea it was connected to Hammer at all. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I guess I guess when I was starting to watch some of these late night movies, and that's why I made the suggestion for the Hammer films, is because when you think of Hammer films, you think of Frankenstein, yeah. Mummy, Dracula, and Dracula. See, but there's so much more to them because they're almost you can see where there's a different. They have the you know, they have the, the early parts where they're kind of like, they almost have, you can almost break it down into its different subgenres. And see, that's where, like, I made sure I chose an old classic of the Hammers. I didn't mm -hmm. go with anything new because I stuck with anything from the 70s and down when I watched okay. it. Just okay. because I don't classify any of the new stuff, true Hammer films, if the Hammer guy was not part of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And like the one thing like we were watching is all the Hammer movies were done in one household, like one yeah. building. And that's really cool because like the Frankenstein, they use the generators that are down in the basement as part of the um, set and stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's th that's why I did not stick with. I mean, mine is probably one of the most famous ones that I chose. But I mean, I mean, I'll just say. Well, it. before this is kind of your first foray into Hammer films, right? You haven't really seen any. Of them I saw then? this one with my grandparents okay. way, way back, and that's like when I rewatched, I was like, okay, I remember this, and I think that's more why I chose this one is because I I remember watching it with my grandparents like when I was eight years old. I was young. Okay. I was really okay. young. I can't remember. But no, I chose the horror of Dracula. Okay, yeah. Um, nineteen fifty eight, seven point two on IMBD. I mean, you're not gonna get many movie budgets out of this. But the one thing that I saw out of this, um oops. Eighty one thousand pounds for the budget. Yeah, so there was um where did I see this? It was first um, 
first release in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, right here, and it made and it took sixteen one thousand six hundred eighty two on its first day in Britain. Um, where in Milwaukee. Wait, the film was shot in November 11, 59, January 3rd, 1958. It premiered at the Warner Theater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on May 8th, 1958, and took in 1,682 on its first day in Britain. It opened up at London Gamont Theater on May 22nd, 1958. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 80,000 pounds. Okay, budget of around 80,000 pounds, but ended up making over 25 million U.S. globally. Yep. Um, the one thing that I thought was crazy is the cape worn by Christopher Lee was discovered in 2007 in a London costume shop during its annual inventory taking. It had been missing for 30 years and it's been believed to be worth around $50,000. Oh my god, it's just crazy. Um and he and the Dracula only had like 16 minutes of movie time. He only spoke to one of the characters throughout the whole movie. If you realize that. And he only made like 750 pounds for this whole movie. Yeah. This was his first, um, his first Dracula. I mean, this was Christopher, Christopher's first Dracula movie. Yeah. Um, and then there was eight sequels. Yeah, he played himself. After this, times, yeah. yeah. So Christopher yeah. Lee and then Michael Go are the two that I recognize. Um, the Peter Michael, Cushing? What's that? Peter Cushing. I don't. Peter I'm Cushing not, was in that one, wasn't he? I'm not too familiar with him. Peter Cushing. He was Doctor Van was, Helsing. He was yeah. Doctor Van Helsing. He was in Star Wars. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> He's like him and Christopher Lee have appeared in 28 films together. I might be wrong. It might be more, but I'm pretty sure it's 28 films. But I mean, yeah, they were Hammer, fucking stalwarts. They were yeah. Well, there's a Hammer family is what they basically say in this documentary that we watched mm-hmm. is if you work for Hammer Films, you're part of the Hammer family. Like yeah. you're going to be Yeah, they, he, he constantly used you all the time. Um the one guy that plays like the coachman, he's he's the most prolific movie actor technically. He did all these bit parts. He's like in almost 200 in some of the films of Hammer Films. Because he's the coachman, or he's the footman, or he's the guy that you know—that's yeah. the police officer. So that's kind of cool, right there. Um, I think his name is Michael Ripper. Okay. Yeah, and his he did the whole entire, you know, from all the way. And the last one he did was uh, the Scars of Dracula. So yeah, that was 1970. So see, and that's the thing is about this um, film is there's a little there's some little goofs. I mean, with it being 58 and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of the things I read on the IMDb is like how he went in and put the stake in the girl's heart in the one part. Mm-hmm. Well, why did he go with her, to her first? He could have killed off Dracula, but would have made the movie shorter. Yeah, like you know it's those things that you think about when you're when you're watching this. Like, why would he go after the girl first? Like, you know, it's getting to sunset. You know, they're about ready to wake. Why are you going yeah. for her? And that's not even a thing, you know, like they're like there's like little quirks in this movie that there's mistakes, you know, and mm-hmm. then, you know, we've all seen Bram Stoker's Dracula by Francis Ford Coppola. We've seen other Draculas with uh, Frank Langella, Langella, yeah. Langella in 1976, you know, that version. There's all the different versions that all use the same names, 
but they manipulate the characters the way they want to, you mm. know, to do, you know, this yeah. is, yeah. And it seems like We're, this one was the most not derivative of the original story because yeah. Dr. Have, Van Helsing is young. He already supposed to be old. Well, that, and you have Harker going to Dracula's castle with the intent of killing him, not with the intent of moving him to England. Yeah. Yeah. It was Mina, so- Mina Harker was his fiance, or if I'm remembering correctly, it wasn't. It was Lucy Holmwood was his uh, fiance, <laughs> and Mina, Mina was the wife of Arthur Holmwood. Which who was the sister, yeah, 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 who's the last one that he he kills off Lucy right away, but then Mina's married to Lucy's brother, so there's it's right. all but over. In, in the original story, it was Jonathan and Mina were the couple, right? Yeah, Jonathan yeah, yeah, and Mina were the couple. Okay. Yeah, and then Jonathan came back, you know, and then it was a whole. Well, there's all that. There my, was no Renfield in this. There was yeah, none of that. Right, yeah. My biggest other thought by watching this film. You have Dr. Um, Dr. Van Helsing. Van Helsing. You have him who got um, turned into a Dracula because he he got his blood sucked, whatever. No, Harker. Harker did. Harker. Yeah. Harker was the first guy. Yes. And then Van Helsing showed up later, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Van Helsing's the one. Yeah, that's right. Um, So I got to turn it on for a second. Yeah. But. In my head, I'm like, so you're going into this town knowing that your friend was going to check out a Dracula who has been missing, and you're going into this random uh, bar slash restaurant, and there's garlic cloves going around. Like, why Why would you be asking these questions? Like, why would he even show up? Because obviously, if your friend's disappeared and he's going to check out a Dracula, chances are he's done. Yeah. Like, I would probably just exit out of that idea of, like, trying to find him because you already know the ending and the results of this whole mess. At least that's what I would think. Like, oh, shit, well, he got fucked. Yeah. <laughs> There's no saving this guy. But he ended yeah, up there... killing his friend because and saving him. Well, I guess the best way saving is not killing him, saving his soul. No. Yeah. And um, I don't know, like. Like I said before, like for a Dracula movie and for you to start reading all the trivia, for it to be a Dracula is the main thing. He's only in it for 16 minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. Like that to me is like really nuts because he was he disappeared for a while. And like Van Helsing did his whole searching thing. Like, you know, he didn't see Dracula for a while. So, yeah. I don't know. I I enjoy this film. Again, there's a lot of stuff that, like, when I was watching, I was like, eh, yeah, but you got to look at it like it's an older movie. They're missing details. Like, you know, it's just what it is. But it's a good movie. It I mean, is. I mean, in all honesty, it's kind of like it gave us, you know, Dracula. Where, yeah. you know, the mummy, the werewolf, Frankenstein, I mean, well, their first big foray, I believe it was uh, Frankenstein first, and then they did yeah. the mummy, yeah. and then they decided to do Dracula. It's like they, they they did all the horror movies, all the horror, the main horror villains, or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them. Like the classics. In, and they probably the hadn't been done 
truly since like the universal like no. Bella Lugosi versions. And... Yeah, no, they they had not done it. I mean, you you had the Bella like totally what you're saying, you know, they haven't done it. Bella Lugosi was known whatever and then Lon Chaney did the werewolf himself mm-hmm. too and just a bunch of stuff but this actually yes, it was a British film, but it was good to see their different take on it, you know. I felt like I don't want to say I felt like these weren't B films. These were actually meant to be mainstream. When I watched the original ones for sure. The one thing I by watching the documentary Mm -hmm. and what I got from this Mm -hmm. is when they got close to the seventies, they cannot Mm -hmm. keep up with the John Carpenter Halloween series, the slashers, this and that, because they were And the Rosemary Baby and all that. They were were stuck in the classic Dracula's Frankenstein, this and that where in the seventies, you were transforming into the slashers and that type, and they did not go into that, which kind of made the Hammer films disappear a little bit. And that's another reason why the one main guy retired. Mm-hmm. And actually, after the what was it? Something um, Christopher Lee appeared that last one. Um, uh, so one of the last ones it was in New York, and it was the. They had Dracula placed in the modern area in the 1970s. He even denounced that film because he's like he would never appear in another Hammer, not another Hammer Dracula film again. Because he's like they're not going in the right way. They're trying to make it part of the swinging 70s and all this yeah. stuff and doing it modern. Mm-hmm. And you, yes, you sometimes you can take those classic movie monsters or classic movie villain movie monster villains and yes you can transpose them into modern era if you need to but you can't do it to where it becomes almost a parody within itself yeah yeah and i do have to say i the makeup everything for that time era was great like how you know the dracula was melting and the sun at the end you know, for 58, I'm like, you got to look at that era. And it's like, wow, they did a really good job with the makeup and this, just the scenes. Yeah, now, like, the thing that really struck me, and this kind of goes uh, towards all Hammer films of this era, was <laughs> the set pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, even like the countryside scenes or the Dracula's castle or the inside of uh, the Van Helsing's house. Like, it all yeah. looked very good yeah and knowing that it all came out of the same building like they changed the scenes up all that time that's amazing like they oh, yeah. they've, like even in one of his films where it was supposed to be set back in spain it was actually shot at that house like he was able to make a big air a small area look big mm-hmm. and he was able to recreate a lot of that with just what he got in a small little house not small but a house but yeah. I don't know. Like watching all these films that I've seen, like I'm very impressed with the makeup, the design, the sets, um, everything that they had going for them. They made it work, and it did great. And you know the fact that you know they had like eight sequels, um, eight yeah eight or nine sequels. You know all the and they they kept on twisting it a little bit up. Each different time, you know, Brides of Dracula, yeah. um, Prince Dracula, Prince of Darkness, uh, Twins of Evil. Um, yes, it's all different concepts and all different concepts, but using 
Dracula or the vampire mythology within it. But for some reason, I almost felt like they were fresh. Mm-hmm. It was a fresh plot. It was a, it was a different plot. I mean, believe me, they moved it all around, and I think they didn't feel like they owed owed any obligation to keeping true to whatever they did what they wanted to do. And if right. you watched it, you watched it. You didn't, you did. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had the benefit of the market not being oversaturated with vampire films. So it still no, felt they weren't. fresh and unique yeah. and yeah. It was. You know, and you know, this is also and we I think you made a comment about this earlier that there there's so many in their catalog, of course. And they're yeah, we can talk about them and really we're not really we're gonna be some fifteen minutes on a movie, but we're talking about other things at the same time. And they're an hour and twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, or an hour and 30 minutes. Now, think about this. Drive-in features. Doubles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, perfect. Because yep. nowadays, your typical movie is two to two and a half hours. Minimum. So drive-in, you're like, oh, I'm going to go to the drive-in for five to six hours just for two movies? Like, shit. But, like, so this is like three mo- This is three hours. You know, three hours with like the 20-minute break. Mm-hmm. Perfect for the drive-in theaters. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah. I think that's why they were able to have drive-ins back in the day, and that's why, like nowadays, it's like shit. Like you got to literally pack a whole lunch and cooler for this event, and alcohol, lots of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what can we get? What can we bring in? That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm bringing uh. a cooler full of beer because this is going to be an event. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, um, so I think, you know, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing are one of those iconic duos. Yeah. You know, so seeing them together, I almost felt like, you know, you got Bella Lugosi and Lon Chaney. They were always like the mummy and or the werewolf and dragon, you know. Yeah, I feel like that's where we're going with this. That's why. I was hoping I actually had watched this too because I went through I probably watched about fifteen. Oh wow. shit. Yeah, yeah, see I think we only watched like five, maybe six, but that's well, you're able my crazy to do schedule, it. yeah. Yeah. I well, you know, I had to put on you know, and I've seen a lot of these, but I was revisiting them, you know, yeah. revisiting That's why yeah. we put a documentary on. I was like, Okay, let's put a, a documentary on for an hour long so I'll kinda get through most of his films cover the ones mm-hmm. we've seen, but kind of cover the ones that we missed and still be able to kind of know what's going on here. Because again, there's so many and you can't get them all. And with the streaming platforms and all that and switching back, I mean, let's be real between all of us. We have every streaming service. So <laughs> like we make it happen, we figure it out, but there's just a lot. Like you're sitting on a pad of paper, like this one's on this one, this one's on this one, this one's on mm-hmm. this one, this one's on this one. Before you know it, you got like eight streaming services with ten different, ten different movies, and you're like, holy shit! Like, yeah, it's definitely you know, you know, and as I think they were on the cutting. I think <laughs> camera films in general were on the cutting edge of. You were saying, if you look at it for the time they were there, but at this also, um. Uh, what's his name? The guy that owns, uh, the guy that, um, at the time, Hammer, uh, he voluntarily, starting in 1955, he was voluntarily submitting his uh, scripts 
to um, the Britain Board of Certification or whatever, what do you want to call it, like their rating system, like we have the most. Yeah, yeah they, he was he was because they had actually started starting like the X certificate because they were doing horror films with X certificate. And he was starting to cash in on it over there. I don't know if they had a higher standard than over here, but they were ca- he was doing it. So he, he was able to get like that extra little warning label. So people wanted to go see it. Right. Oh, it's got, you know, you know, the customers won't get their money's worth, as you say, because I'll get the scares in there or whatever. I don't know if it's because, like, I think there was one one of the Frankenstein movies. He was walking around and he, like, supposedly stepped on a brain or something, you know, the gross factor or yeah. whatever. Now, we think about that nowadays. <laughs> you were like, whatever, you know. <laughs> if you should, you know, we're like, that's nothing. That's nothing yeah, compared to what sure. we're used to. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... And like you said, it's the horror of Dracula or Dracula, however you want to call it, because they renamed them. A lot of Hammer films, that's another thing. They had two different names. If you notice that. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah. American name and our our name. So that was kind of different, you know. So looking up stuff, finding it, you wanted to make sure you got the right one because there's so many different versions of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I thoroughly enjoyed this. So I'll give it a rating so everybody else can talk about their movies. Okay. Um, I get a seven point five. Okay. I think that's pretty reasonable for this movie. I mean, again, there's a lot of stuff that you notice that is like, why did they do it this way? But then you kind of like, okay, I realize they did that. But um, between the makeup, the acting, um, the storyline, I think a seven point five is strong for this. Okay. Yeah, and I think this one is kind of overall regarded as one of their premier films. Yes. So yeah, seven point five I think is fair. You know, you know, once again you're going with that. Um so this movie, uh the Dracula's been ranked sixty fifth uh best British film ever. Okay. Um, they Empire magazine ranked Lee's portrayal of Count Dracula the seventh greatest horror movie character of all time. Out of this. I mean, so, he was definitely imposing yeah. for sure. Yeah, he did. I mean, once again, 16 minutes on the screen. It's almost like, I think we did that analogy when we were talking about Boba Fett. Boba Fett yeah. and he's, <laughs> yeah. if, you know, everyone wants the fat, goes for the fat. But um, if you think about the original trilogy, how much time did he really ever spend, spend on it, you know? Yeah. And he says only, he only speaks to someone once. Parker, mm-hmm. he never says one other line in the whole entire. It's all done through his thing, and I'm going to go with yours, seven point five. Actually, it's it is. It's a pretty good one. I mean, yeah. If this is on, it's on. I mean, it's one of those movies. Ah, oh, it's on. I'm going to watch it. It's there. It's in the background. I've seen it enough. It's a comfort. It's it's comfortable. It's like I said, one of those films I forgot I watched with my grandparents until I started getting through. I'm like, I've seen this before, and then I started really thinking. I was like, oh wait, this was. You know, one of the films I watched on TCM with my grandma when I stayed at her house one night. I can't remember, but I think pretty sure that's what it was. So, yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Okay. Who's going next? All right. So, yeah, like I said, we had some, I had seen a handful of them as a teen, probably, and I always found 
enjoyment from them. They're good movies for what they are. There were a few that I wanted to watch specifically for this podcast that just weren't available anywhere. Which ones were they? Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter was one. <gasps> really? Yeah. What was it on ne- that wasn't on Netflix? I don't think so. I looked for it. I could have swore I saw it on Netflix. Because weren't we talking about this when we did some other vampire it, it might have dropped by then. Yeah. It might have. Okay, go ahead. Uh, another one that I had never seen but wanted to watch was The Gorgon. Okay. It is. I found it on the one on Roku. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, Paranoiac. Not familiar with that one. Yeah, that's one that sounded interesting, but I'd never heard of. A couple mm-hmm. of the... I mean... The Frankenstein and Dracula sequels I hadn't seen but weren't available anywhere. But the one that I chose, I had watched for the first time, and you had actually mentioned it, uh, Twins of Mm -hmm. Evil. Twins of Evil, okay. Which came out in 1971. Yep. Because an IMDb is 6.6, a Metascore of 62, Rotten Tomatoes of 79% tomato meter, 65% audience. This one had a budget of 205,067 British pounds. Uh, There were no theatrical numbers, but it was directed by John Ho, Hugh, Ho? Written by... I'm going to say Hugh. Hugh. Written by Tudor Gates and Sheridan Lee Fenu. Okay. And this one had Peter Cushing, but did not have Christopher Lee. And... It is. I, I liked it because it was a vampire movie, not a Dracula movie, per se. Well, weren't they like burning witches at the stake at the beginning? So it was like a witch. Peter kind Cushing of was vampire. I, I believe it took place in Italy, and Peter Cushing was a strict man of faith who was literally His burning. Niece, burning. Weren't the niece? Yeah, I'm trying to think of this movie here. Yeah, he had twin nieces that were just coming to live with him and his wife. One of which was risque. The other one was more conservative, I suppose. Yeah. And they had been having people getting killed around the village. And so uh, him and his group would go around and pick up women who were debaucherous or anything and calling them witches and burning them at the stake essentially so the funny thing is they're thinking that witches are doing all this it's really little yeah, vampire, a vampire. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah yeah and that's what i really oh. liked about this movie is the cross between witches and vampires like yeah it had a very good like possession like people were like oh it's the witches but it's really the vampires yeah and this movie kind of deviates from typical vampire lore because they're not affected by sunlight. Okay. Like they're out in in the daytime with no issue. Crosses are still the same. Uh, stake through the heart or decapitation is the only way to kill them, which kind of tracks. But no. the, the villain of the story is there's a count whose name at the present time escapes me. Count Karnstein. Yeah, once again, it said it was like in Italy, yeah. And he's kind of 
an untouchable character. He's sleeping with these women who Cushing's character wants to uh, burn, essentially. And he says, oh, you can have her. You're not going to touch me. And it's not until like 40 minutes into the movie that you actually figure out that he's a vampire. Because he's like having these ritual sacrifices and shit at his castle. <clears throat> and he's got a servant who's kind of bringing him these women and letting him do what they will. He ends up making a pact with, I believe they make it appear like the devil. He, like his ex-wife, his dead wife comes back to him and turns him into the vampire. Okay. Like he didn't start out that way. It was just kind of a sadistic fuck. Yeah. And then his dead wife appears to him and says, do you want to live forever? You owe your soul to the devil and turns him into the vampire. And one of the twins is kind of just smitten with him. Like they have one conversation. She's kind of just very, I don't know, pushing against her strict uncle's views and beliefs and decides one night to just go out and gets turned. Yeah, because one of the twins is very like, I'm going to go off and do my own thing. And the other is very like, I'm very conservative. Like, you know, I'm. I don't know what the right word is, but yeah, she's fruitish. Yeah, she's like I'm a goody goody. She's the she's the bad one, and then they ended up getting swapped. And well, yeah, yeah, that was the interesting thing because like they end up catching the twin that got turned and find out that she's a vampire because she comes in contact with a cross so they imprison her and are trying to determine how to deal with her because it's still his niece he doesn't just want to go through with it he wants to go through proper channels and so while she's in prison they kidnap the good twin and replace her with the other one so that she's going to be the one that gets burnt yeah it's just a lot of I mean I thought that was Interesting. Yeah, I, this had a really good. I'd never seen this before until we watched it on um, or on YouTube. YouTube. Um, because again, I was one that wasn't streaming, and then you went down your rabbit hole. I was like, "Oh, it's on YouTube." I'm like, "Okay, perfect." Because we went and looked um Hammer's top fifty, and there was a few films. I'm like, "I gotta watch this. I gotta watch this. I gotta watch this." And that was one of them, and I was very upset that it was not streaming. And then when we found it was on YouTube, I was like, hell yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would have chosen this one, but um, I don't know. That's the one thing about me and Tom is we watch them all together, so I kind of like, hey, this one I'm doing, so we don't choose the same one. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense, you know. And either, like I said, and once again, there were so many to watch and so many to choose from, you know, you were able to get, you know, yeah, you did a Dracula one, but mm -hmm. you kind of did, I mean, you did one that was kind of like a morality, evil, um, scarlet letter, whatever you want to call, witch hunt yeah, mixture mm -hmm. of a little bit of everything, you know, where was it? it 
you it kept you guessing the whole time. Let's go ahead. It was a little more different plot twist going on. Yeah. 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 I really enjoyed this one a lot just because again you got the you got the evil twin and you got the goody goody twin and mm-hmm. they almost ended the goody goody because they they weren't paying attention to everything and what's funny is I mean coming from me I when I watched this I'm like they look nothing alike like how can you mess this up but you got to look at it like okay they're supposed to be twins they were actual twins were they yeah they did not yeah. look like twins yeah they did I, well, I, I could definitely tell them apart well I mean yeah they kind of did their hair different but they were they were twins actual I twins. could tell between different noses hair everything I mean they maybe they weren't exactly twins but they were definitely sisters mm-hmm. at the very least yeah. yeah, but in my head, I was like, I could tell which one is what and which one's not just by watching this movie. But obviously, you guys are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, again, but... like the set pieces are. It, I mean, it looked like Italy, just from mm-hmm. the landscapes and everything like that. I you was know. I was not expecting nudity, to be honest. No. But... Well, it was 1970. Once again, they were starting to try to keep up with the times. Yeah, yeah you got to show a boob here and there just because the 70s, every horror movie has that. And they started to have it because what, what was Rosemary's Baby, like 1968? 1968, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so more and more they started getting into that. So he was trying to keep up with the times, and at a certain point in time, you just have to basically say, okay, I'm done. Yeah. You know, well, we can't. Let's go into this conversation real quick then since we're here. Mm-hmm. Got the seventies, eighties, nineties, all sh- all about showing nudity. Then you mm-hmm. got nowadays, and you got all these actresses, and I can't remember which ones, but there's at least three that are standing out right now. I'm like, where's all these nudity scenes? I want, I don't mind doing nudity. Like they're so conservative nowadays, where they don't show nudity in films because of the girl movement. I guess is the best way to put it. But me uh, too. Yeah, the me too. But then he got. I uh, I think one of the big actors was it Scarlett Johansson or one of the one of the people came out. And it's like, um, I'll do it. Like why? Well, I know Eva Green was a big one. Yeah, but I mean she's also French. Yeah, they have, they have a different mindset. <laughs> but yeah, like that's the thing is is those movies, but now and movies nowadays, it, they don't have it because of the Me Too movement. Is that and they they're in more control of their careers at this point. Mm-hmm. Like back then, it's like you're gonna do this. You were sleeping on the on the the casting couch yeah. to get your job yeah. in the first place. Yeah. Oh, Audrey Plaza. She was a big one that just came out about it. Oh, I really? think. Yeah, she was one that's like, hey, what the fuck? I'm pretty sure it was her. Oh my god, I. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can see where they're coming from. Also, you know, why do them if they don't have to do it? And nowadays, they're not requiring it because they're not. Everyone's seen boobs. I yeah, mean, they yeah. don't need it. Once you I see mean, one pair, you want to see them all. Though, as a guy. But you know, you, don't, <laughs> you can see them anywhere else. You don't really. It's not furthering whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it, it can, but a lot of times it's just done gratuitously. Yeah. Now, you know, the Twins of Evil was like one of the, and once again, it it had Peter Cushing, but it didn't have Christopher Lee. Yeah. You know, Peter Cushing is 
very well known, you know, and he's was and, and the fact that he's not playing Van Helsing or, you know, whatever, Frankenstein, whatever. He's yeah. not playing any of those. So that's kind of cool that he's playing this kind of Puritanish um, master, if you want to, for what, lack of a better term, yeah, uh, governor yeah. of the, the town or mayor of the town almost, or the righteous body who person that leads it to the morality police, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to see him in a different role, you know, and that was part of what I was, you know, getting into where I'll go into later. I was trying to decide, am I going to do one with Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee in it, or am I just going to do one without it? But yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons why I picked this movie as well is because it wasn't a Dracula or Frankenstein or Wolfman or, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the, I mean, legends of canon of horror is it, kind yeah. of its own unique thing. What well, I mean, yeah. still vampires, but yeah, it is. It's totally different. Yeah, totally different. And they did. Yeah. A, there were a couple nice side elements to the movie with the school teacher and the choir director, and how he kind of fell for the good one and ends up saving her in the end. And Cushing's character actually beheads the bad twin and causes the count to kind of flee uh, yeah, yeah i just this is a good flick that is i i mean i enjoyed watching i mean if i i mean i didn't watch it for this round because i had already watched like 15 right but i have seen it in the past i want to give this based on what i remember i remember it being a total seven yeah i would be there as well i mean you can't go against if we're given the Dracula seven and a half. I mean, that kind of reigns supreme regardless. So I'd give this one a seven as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I give this one a seven as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I got, you know, I, like I said, I watched like 15, you know, and I was trying to make a decision. Am I going to do one with Peter Cushing? Am I not going to do one with Peter Cushing? What am I going to do? You know, I had watched the Gorgon, which I, you were trying to find on streaming. And then um, I had actually watched the lost continent which is really strange it's weird yeah no they kind of went way out there there towards the end yeah the lost continent um i'd watched the abominable snowman of the himalayans once again peter cushing's in it you know and i was like oh but he's not with christopher lee and i was going back and forth and then i kind of like oh what am i gonna do what am i gonna do and i actually went with one of my favorite ones that um, I had not seen since I was, well, I've seen it. It's very hard to find. Uh, once again, if you're ever going to look for it, um, uh, I think I found it eventually on YouTube. And also in, um, there was another, let me see, Internet Archive. You can watch it on Internet Archive also. Okay. Uh, um, they play have a lot of old movies that are being able to be watched also. So it's kind of like, if you're looking for one, you might be able to look up something there, which I I was able to get that on iPad. Um, I'm going to go with the, the, the American name is 5 Million Miles to Earth. Okay. And the other one is the third, or it's Quartermaster and the Pit. Now going back to original, if you look at the Hammer films, if you look at the Hammer films here, you are looking at, there was three Quartermaster and the Pit, uh, not Pit, Quartermaster um, actual movies. 
Uh, you had Quartermaster 2, Quartermaster Experiment, Quartermaster in the Pit. So um, it was like based on a novel. So I kind of like did it once again. You're looking at, um, I don't know, how did I lose that? God darn it all. How did I lose that? I literally lost something. I do not like it when I lose something. You know what I'm saying? There it is. I found it. <laughs> but you're looking at a movie that was based on um, a small, um, a, um, a book by Nigel Neely or Neil Neely, one yeah, of the two. Yeah. Okay. Which is a small book. And like I said, it also, it, there was also a little bit of BBC television series also. So um, going with the basics on here. So this had a pretty huge budget. Just letting you know, 275 thousand pounds one of the higher ones for hammer films okay okay so you are directed by roy ward baker nigel neal written by and it's based on we talked about that produced by anthony nelson keys you have cinematography arthur grant hammer films it released um november 9th 1967 and february 16th 1968 um, for a breakdown on that, for the IMBD, there is none. Just letting you know. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. I got it. Found it. Um, it was the Metacritic that I couldn't find with. IMBD is 8 out of 10. Okay? Okay. Rotten Tomatoes is 87%. Okay, but there's no Metacritic. Sorry, I said that backwards. I apologize for that. Hmm. Um, basically... This is the theory. This is this is it in its whole. Um, you have people dig, digging the new tunnel in London, and they come upon something, and they're like, "What is this? It's bones! Oh my god, we need to stop!" And it's like an archaeology thing, whatever. And they come to find out that, long story short, that area Hobbs and Hobbs Row. Hobbs is also known as name for the devil has always had mysterious things going on. Anytime the world, the earth is vibrated, there's been like other things happening. So they get there, they bring this paleontologist and they're like, all these are humanoids and they're around this metal thing. What's this metal thing? Oh, they think it's a bomb, a bomb from, you know, World War II that got, didn't get detonated. So then they bring in the bomb squad and they come to find out it's a cylindrical shape, which then turns out to be, a spaceship from Mars. They come, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And then they, oh, yeah, I think, you know, it's it kind of like intrigues me. You got the paleontology and this and that going on. And then, then they get into the spaceship and next thing you know, there's these little hive things and there's little bugs in it and they're the Martians and they look like little evil giant caterpillar, not caterpillar, I know, grasshoppers and they controlled and then they were actually colonizing earth and they their dna is mixed with ours and it's interlating and they can control our mind and next thing you know it's it's just a bunch of stuff you know it's got a little bit of everything all over the place you know you got spaceships paleontology mind control uh, martians are part of our dna um we and when they start you know digging around it they react because it's subliminal and still it goes to us and some of us have it in our dna and some of us don't and we have a hive mentality so we start attacking those that are not like us to purge the it's crazy <laughs> so you're like oh my god what the heck's going on you know yep, yep. and i remember watching it as a kid going okay so it's got a little bit of everything there you know um it's still 
regarded as one of the best movies in, um, you know, British history, you know, because it was well regarded. Um, so you got the whole, the basic thing, you know, they, they think it's Nazi propaganda. You got like the military trying to take over saying, oh, it's just a bomb. It's just a bomb. And it doesn't end up being a bomb. It ends up being the spaceship and someone's face melts off, which is, I think is precursor of, you know, Indiana Jones, oh, Raiders of Lost yeah. Ark. <laughs> and, you know, and there's, so all in all, once again, like you chose Twins of Evil, you got that morality and witches and this and that. I have anything you could possibly think of. We're touching on the paleontology. Yeah, we're throwing we're the kitchen sink the, at it. Let's throw the kitchen sink in, you know, and basically, once again, the movie takes place in this little area, this little set. It's not all over the place. And they move around, upgraded, and then, the, you know, eventually there's this hero. He defeats the Martian by putting iron into it because iron defeats everything, you know. And it's just, you know, you got you know, hauntings and a it's, it's, it was interesting to watch because I had not seen it in forever. And I'm like, I remember as a child watching it on, what was that? WGN on Sunday. Remember when they used to run like the classics? Yeah. Maybe this oh, is yeah. really dating me. Remember it, they would run all the different classics or whatever. And I remember watching it going, okay, this is kind of cool. You know, so quarter bass was like, you know, there was like these little cereals where it, he has a mixture. It was written by this Nigel guy. And it's it's written, and it's how Hammer acquired these rights. So I don't know if you want. It's probably one of the better ones I want. And the fact that Peter Cushing is not in it, but you have, quite, you have a few of the other um, Hammer regulars in it. You know, as I said, James Donald, Andrew Kerr, Barbara Shelley. Barbara Shelley's one of the main girls. She was in the Gorgon. She, you okay. know, okay, and Julian Glover. So you have like all the bit characters are from Hammer in it, but it doesn't have Christopher Lee or Peter Cushing in it. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, otherwise, I was going to do She, one of the two. Yeah. You guys watch She yet? I did not. I did not get a chance to watch that one. Oh, uh, that actually. I mean, this is, I give this one an eight because it gave me everything I wanted as a kid. And that's why I remember it. She actually, oh, they have been trying to produce it for a very long time. Um, they started trying to do it in 1908, 1911. They actually, Hammer even pitched it to Disney at one point in time. Because remember we were talking about how um, he would pair with different studios. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, I wanted to do one without Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing was in this one. I mean, Ursula Andress was in this one. So, once again, Christopher, both Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee were in this one, mm -hmm. in the she, the she movie. So, that's why I kind of, like, chose a little bit different. Uh, I wanted to go with a movie without them in it. Did you happen to see the sequels to this? Uh, the two, the the previous ones, the like Quartermass Quarter two and Experiment, and yeah, Experiment. I had seen Quartermass two. I have not seen Experiment. I was gonna try to watch those. Quartermass two is on that um, archive okay. one, but I could not find the other one, gotcha. Experiment. Yeah. So once again, like you break it down with the Hammer films here. You know, you got initially you start with their 
early years, you know, you got their early years, you have like their, they have their mummy genre, they have their quartermass genre, they have the Dracula genre, the Frankenstein, and their early years are like psychological ther- thrillers, and they have some of those, and then they even have like a whole prehistoric division, like one million years BC. Yep, yep. Yep. Viking Queen, when dinosaurs ruled the earth. Um, Creatures of the World forgot. I remember seeing that at the drive-in when I was a kid. Same when the dinosaurs ruled the earth. I saw that at the drive-in. Oh, nice. Yeah, once again, that's how old I am. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Then there's also even war films. And then if you, then even they have like the whole entire comedies. The Ugly Duckling, mm-hmm. uh, Old Dark Horse, House, The Anniversary with Betty Davis in that one, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah, and then they had their science fiction. So that, technically Quartermass was in its own cat- category, but science fiction, there's The Damned, which is kind of, I don't know if you saw that one. No, I didn't. That's kind of like uh, Children of the Dam, Village of the Damned. Okay. Yeah, and it, I think they were trying to gloom on that one when that was happening and they also have swashbucklers too men of sherwood forest short sword of sherwood forest the scarlet blade the pirates the challenge for robin hood i mean they you know they hit every genre they could and cat and capitalized on it yeah you know were they they pumping out what like five or six a year like at least they had to at least pumping them out or 295, that's a lot. Yeah. It's totally a lot. You know, and and that's in and that being said, everyone I all of them that I watched, I was not upset with any of them that I watched because they were actually all pretty good. Yeah, oh absolutely of the ones that I've seen, I Yeah. There wasn't one that I just fucking was like, This is just not a good film. Oh, I mean, there have been many times I've watched one and said, oh, my God, this is absolutely terrible. But right. the, they were all good on this one. Yeah. So Quartermaster, I give an eight. I don't know if you guys you guys haven't seen I it. I have never no, seen it, so I can't so. throw a score on it. But it sounds like, a you know, something to definitely check out. You know, I'm. Yeah, I'm just going to go with the do I feel being, I mean, it's got a little bit of a sci-fi to now, like people, DNA, I mean, and think about this. This is, you know, honestly, they're talking about Martians, bug little Martians being in our DNA. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of new, you know, if you think about it. It's kinda, I almost feel like it's kind of controversial because. Like, tell me know. if I'm wrong, but the way you described it kind of made me think of like Mimic. Yeah, well, kind of yes and no, yes and no, but, you know, but at the same time, you can see part of that in there. That's, I mean, that was just the first thing that jumped in my head when you were describing it It was, oh, okay. Well, this is, this had crashed to earth many, 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 many thousands of years ago, and it was buried, and they were trying to colonize the, the, our population of the Neanderthals to make them docile slaves to bring whatever, gotcha. you know, but yeah. 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 But it was like a little bit of, it was like weird, you know, it was definitely different than what you would expect, you know, cause going from curse of the mummy 
um, yeah, Horror of Dracula, oh, sure, all that. Sure. Here we are. We got like this random thing going on. Uh, yeah. So are we going to rate Hammer films? I mean, they're a good solid seven as far as I'm concerned. I say um, I say they rate anywhere from six and a half and up from the ones I've seen. Yeah. I mean, there's some that you can definitely say did not age dated. well. But yeah. if you put, and again, we brought this up. I don't know if we brought up in this podcast or in the previous podcast that with other people, but you you can't you got to put yourself in the era when you watch these older movies. You can't put yourself in twenty twenty two. You got to yeah, be does. like you got to put yourself in the fifties or the sixties and be like, okay, how was this? How if I was in the fifties right now, how would I rate this movie? Because yep. the technology has changed, everything has changed. And yes, that has. is what I love about doing podcasts about movies is because you have to literally change where you're at in life. Like, okay, I can't compare it to a 2022 film because there's so much going on and so much opportunity you can do with this movie. Where yeah. in the 50s, 60s, Everything is makeup. It's not CGI. It's all makeup. So that's like when I brought talked about my movie is the makeup, the the like the scenes, like they made what worked. Yeah, like there's no the, green the screen. Frank, you gotta build. Yeah, yeah, with the Frankenstein, they used the generators down in the basement to make it work with what it did with the movie. Like, hey, we we have this down in the basement. Let's make this work with this. Like. Yeah, that's true. They so utilize what they had at the. They utilized. They utilized what they had at at hand to get what they needed to do done, and I think with effective, uh, out of you know, effectiveness, it was quite effective. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so next time is clear and present danger. That yeah, I'm excited. Yay, which I'm already ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, because this is our third Jack Ryan. Yes. This will be our third, yes. And there's two yeah. more after. The, well, we got the, are we doing Series. the show? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're going to try and split the show. Like do like three episodes, three half, episodes. Do half a season for okay. a podcast. Yeah. We can binge watch. Mm-hmm. But binge I, watch. I did like... I like the idea of doing off franchise, doing like production studios, like we did Hammer. We could go into like IFC Midnight. We could do A twenty four. We could do yeah. Neon. Like there's a Blum bunch House. of yeah, Blumhouse. Blumhouse is like I one like of my favorites. I have to say Blumhouse is my favorite horror. I like the idea of doing that as a topic also. Yeah, and that gives us enough. That gives us enough time. To like actually read, and not read, but actually watch enough, yeah. because we have such, and then it, get, it also opens the catalog open a little bit more to us too. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah, not as restrictive as doing, say, your favorite 
whatever. World War Two movie or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck we were yeah. doing. I mean, it could be a broad scope of topics. And I'd like to bring um, foreign back too eventually. Yeah, we'll definitely get. Well, back we need to do a for sure. Well, we should get to another foreign. Um, we need to do another foreign. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. I so agree. I think after the Jack Ryan, maybe we should think about a different country, different thing like that. Yeah, um, I think so. That might be a good one because yeah. I I haven't watched a good foreign movie in a while and I'm kind of itching for it. So yeah, I think we should. We just got to decide what what country we're gonna do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. we go yeah. totally obscure, obscured, and do like Russian. <laughs> yeah, we could. We could. That'd be crazy. I've seen a couple good Russian films. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Yeah. Okay. Well, anything else we need to touch? I think we're doing good. Um, okay. We finished out the Hammer series. It was a good time. I mean, this is something we could act. I mean, down the line, even revisit again. Like pick yeah. your, another mm-hmm. Hammer film to talk about because there's so fucking many we, of them. We could, yeah, there are so many. We could definitely open this up to another conversation. I definitely agree. Because there's also, again, there's 200 plus of these. So yeah that's the huge there's 295 movies and but there's also moving forward that also there's also the whole entire international what is what american what did i say american what movie theory studio oh the one that just american international or something like that yeah 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 that's another huge one right there too Mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely okay awesome well you still loving this shit Still loving it. Awesome. Well, we had a long break, but let's get back to it. Um, I'm ready to do the next. We only have one movie, so just let me know when you're ready because we only have one more podcast planned this week, which is Saturday. Okay. And so we're pretty much open for whatever. So. And just to be clear, it's clear uh-huh. and present danger. Yes, clear and present danger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had a moment. There was alcohol involved. There always is. Trust me, that's that's the story of my life. (laughs) I might be able to do Sunday. Awesome. Well, yeah, let's figure it out. Um, Let's see how Sunday works out, but we can do Sunday, Monday, whenever. So. Awesome. Well, have a great night. Have a good one. All right. See you. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, shit got a little loose. Hopefully you understood everything. Whether or not you agree or disagree with our take on the movies, hopefully you learned something or were at least entertained. So come back for more... Booze Booze and and Bullshit. Bullshit.